Lance Armstrong was born in September 1971 in uh, Plano, Texas. And uh, at the age of 12, he began his uh, career as a swimmer in the city of Plano. At age 16, Lance Armstrong became a professional triathlete, excelling in swimming and cycling and running. And he became the national triathlon champion in 1989 and also in 1990 at the age of 18 and again at the age of 19. And uh, soon it became clear that cycling was the one that he was going to focus on. And so he took that up and in 1991, he, the next year, he won the U.S. Amateur Championship. And he had the privilege of representing the United States in the 1992 Summer Olympics and he finished 14th in the world which is pretty good for a 22-year-old. The next couple of years, 1993 through 1996, saw him emerge as one of the foremost leading cyclists in the world. He won won several titles uh, in the U.S. and also in Europe. But then the latter part of 1996, October 1996, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer that had spread to his lungs and abdomen brain. It seemed like all of a sudden, this promising life, this promising career was going to be cut short. He was just beginning in what seemed to be such a great future. So he went into surgery and chemotherapy in 1996. And by 1998, his cancer went into complete remission. The good news was he got back into training, 1998. 1998, towards the latter part of that year, he began competing in races. And the next several years, 1999 through 2005, Lance Armstrong won several titles. And he's especially known for winning the Tour de France For seven consecutive times, which no one else in history has ever done. He announced his retirement from competition in 2005, and more recently in 2009, he's come back to compete again. But what an amazing story. Bill Gates and Microsoft Corporation is well known all over the world. The story of Bill Gates is a young boy just getting involved and preoccupied with uh, computer programming and languages is pretty well known. But what's not so well known is that Bill Gates, along with his friends Paul Allen and Paul Gilbert, actually prior to forming Microsoft, they formed a partnership called Traf Odata, a company that where they were going to, of course, build hardware and also write software to process traffic data. And he was only 17 years old at that time. They were into this for about three years, put a lot of effort, made a few thousand dollars, but soon they had to shut everything down because the state of Washington decided uh, to offer traffic data analysis as a free service to all cities, and nobody needed traffic data anymore. So gave it up tried to spend some time in college and the entrepreneur businessman inside him couldn't stay quiet. But they 
took the learning that they had out of those years at Trafodera and they came together and formed Microsoft Corporation. And then the rest is history. The question would be, what if Lance Armstrong decided to call it quits? What if Bill Gates decided to say, and his team decided that this is not the place for us to be. Let's just finish college and end up like everyone else. All of us have dreams. And as we pursue dreams that we carry inside of us, we might face setbacks, delays, sometimes disappointments. In some cases, have to go through long detours. And even put up with a discouragement from all around us. And in the process, it's quite possible and sometimes happens more frequently than not for us to just bury our dreams and say, dreams don't come true. Let's just accept what life has to offer and just go with that. And there could be many of us sitting here this morning in that kind of a state. Maybe five years ago, you were carrying a dream inside you. But things happened. And you decided to let go of that dream inside you. And to accept what life had to offer. Rather than pursue what was inside of you. This morning we just want to bring a simple word of encouragement to all of us. It's time to dream again. The Bible says that God is creator. And he created man in his own image. He created people in his own likeness, in his own image. And the psalmist in Psalm 139 verses 14 and 15 puts it, he captures the work that God invested in creating human beings. He captures it in four words. He says, I will praise you, O God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelously, and then verse 14, 15, he says, I am skillfully made. Four words. Every human being is fearfully, wonderfully, marvelously, and skillfully made. You as a human being, you as a person sitting here, you have the handiwork of God. You have been created fearfully, wonderfully, marvelously, and skillfully. Fearfully. What does it mean? It means you are somebody. The way God created you causes a sense of awe and reverence and wonderment about the one who made you. You're fearfully made. You're wonderfully made. Meaning you're distinguished. You're distinct. You're separate. God does not have a Xerox machine in heaven. Every individual is original, unique, wonderful, distinguished, separate, distinct. There is no one else like you on the earth. The fingerprint of God is seen in your fingerprint. It's very unique. You are marvelously made. The word marvelous there simply means you are great, you are difficult, meaning uh, this is something that has come uh, uh, with, with a lot of effort, 
a lot of work has gone into you. You're not cheap. You are marvelous. And you're skillfully made. The original Hebrew simply means it's the work of an embroiderer. Meaning this is a unique piece. He's worked on you single-handedly. It's not mass-produced. You are skillfully made. The fingerprint of God is on your life. God has put a lot of care, a lot of attention, a lot of detail in the way he designed you, the way he formed you. You are designed by God to fulfill a dream. God didn't put you on earth for nothing. He didn't put all this marvelous, wonderful, fearful, uh, skillful work into you and say, let life happen to you. But he said, there's a dream, a destiny that he wants you to fulfill. We are created in the image of our creator. God is creator. And that's why every person is creative. You are creative. Inside you abides creativity that originates from God himself. You're in his image. That's why God didn't make us chairs and tables. He gave us trees. That's why he didn't give electricity, sending it down from the power generators in heaven. Rather, he gave us rivers, sun, resources that we could tap into. But then he gave us this creative ability to take the resources that he has put around us and make things that do not exist. You are creative. The creative ability of God is in you. You are a problem solver because God is a God of wisdom. And his wisdom, you are created in his image. You are created and designed by God to release and express his wisdom here on earth. God is a good God. You are created in his image. You are designed and created by God to manifest his goodness here on earth. What you and I must believe is this. That someone here on earth has or needs what you have. There's somebody here who needs what you have. So there is a reason for you to be here on earth. There are things that God wants to release through you to address somebody's problem. There are things that God wants to release through you to show somebody His goodness. There are things that God wants to release through you to bring into being what still does not exist. Someone needs what you have. There is a meaning. There is a purpose for your life. Now as each one of us understand and, and, and get a hold of the dream of God and God's dream for us. And as we begin this journey to pursue the dreams that God has put inside of us. It is true that we will face obstacles. We will face difficulties and challenges. But what you do when you face those challenges, when you face those obstacles is so important. You and I must be determined to overcome those obstacles and pursue the dream that God has for us. And that is a big challenge. That is what differentiates people who succeed in fulfilling the dreams that God has put in them and those 
who just go through life taking whatever life has to give to them. And this morning, I just want to encourage each one of us to reawaken the dreams that you once carried inside of you, which you may have let go probably years ago. Saying, you know, I wish I heard this message five years ago. This message is a little too late. The burial is over. The funeral service is over. I've buried my dreams. I've said bye-bye. And here I am just going through life, accepting what life has to give me. I want to encourage you and me that we serve a God who gives life to what is dead. He can revive those dreams. He can reawaken those dreams. He can bring them back to life. We serve a God who gives life to what is dead. As you and I pursue the dreams that God has put inside of us. I just want to share two simple keys that we must maintain. In order to see those dreams fulfilled. Maybe as a young person you said, you know, I want to have this. I want to pursue this in my life. I believe this is what I've been created for. I believe this is what I've been designed for. I believe this is, these are the good things that I want to release on earth. And as you began that journey. Things happened. And you gave up on those dreams. Maybe you're in the middle of your life. Things are going fine until the unexpected took place. And you had to give up on your dreams. This morning, I just want to share two simple things. I want to encourage you to reawaken those dreams. And once again, pursue what God has put inside of you. You and I must, first of all, have faith in God. Believe in a God of miracles. Choose to believe in a God of miracles. Choose to believe in a God for whom nothing is impossible. That's so important if you and I are going to see our dreams fulfilled. Because everything around us will be screaming, give up, let go, bury it. Forget it. Just accept what life has to offer. But that's when you need to choose to believe. Choose to have faith in a God who surmounts the problems of life. In a God who can intervene in the deepest and the darkest of your circumstances. It's in those moments that you and I need to have faith in an unseen God. And yet in a true and living God. For whom nothing is impossible. So have faith. In God. You've heard it said many times. Your present situation. Is no indication. Of your final destination. Don't limit yourself. To your present situation. That is not what you want to spend. The entirety of your life in. Your present situation. Must never be. The final determining factor in your life. There is a God who can take you. To your. Final destination. Abraham is a great example of faith in the Bible. And the Bible tells us that against all hope, he still believed. Against any reason for hope, he still believed. And the Bible says, follow that example. Follow the example of that man, Abraham. Who against all reason for hope, he still believed. And so he became. Against all hope, would you believe this morning?
Would you love God to reawaken the dreams inside of you? Will you love God to revive those dreams that you let go? Against all hope, believe. And so you will become. The Bible does tell us that, you know, hope that is delayed makes the heart sick. So you're waiting for something to happen. It doesn't happen when you want it to happen. At the time you expect it to happen, hope that is delayed makes you so sick on the inside. All of us go through that. Want to give up? Very discouraged. Down and out on the inside. Hope that is delayed makes the heart sick. But then we must learn to do what the psalmist did, what David did in Psalm 42. He spoke to himself. He said, why are you so discouraged, O my soul? Hope in God. For he is my help and my strength. Encourage yourself in God. Hope in God. When there is no reason to keep hoping, there is one who can be the anchor of your soul. It's God himself. So speak to yourself saying, don't be discouraged. Keep hoping in God because he is my help. He is my strength. And because of him, I can dare to dream again in faith. You and I must learn to picture our future. This is the first way that you get into your future before you arrive. It's in your imagination. Picture your future. On the canvas of your imagination, picture what God designed you to become and what, where God desires you to go. Picture your final destination. You're probably aware of the story of Pastor uh, Cesar Castellanos over in Bogota, Colombia. He began his ministry and he spent the first 10 years in almost what, what seemed so futile. The first several years of his ministry and at the end of that, that period of, of 10 years or so, all he was able to do, all he was able to have was a the church, the biggest church he ever had was a church of about 140 people. And he was so discouraged, he just gave up. He said, this is not for me. He quit everything. He got a job in some retail outlet and started working. Forget it. I'll just work and take care of my needs and live. Forget about ministry. Three months into his working, God came to him in a dream. God spoke to him. He said, Caesar, what are you doing here? I'm so, he said, God, I spent 10 years in ministry. And all I had was 140 people in church and nothing more. I'm discouraged. I gave up. Here's what God spoke to me. Caesar, the problem with you is this. Your dreams are too small. Your dreams are too small. I want you to dream of a church which has members as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand that is on the seashore. With that dream, go and start. So he took that up and he started again from scratch. But he had a dream inside of him. God said, you must dream of a church that has members as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashore. With that dream inside him, he began with nothing. It wasn't long before the International Charismatic Mission in Bogota, Colombia became the second largest church in Christian history with over 300,000 members. But it began when God spoke to a man and said, your dream is too small. What you need to do is to change your dream. 
dream of a church that has people as numerous, as endless as the stars of the sky. He dared to dream again. The Bible tells you and me in Ephesians 3.20 that our God is able to do abundantly and beyond all that we can ask or think. One Bible says, beyond our wildest dreams, God is able to do. So why should you and I not dream again? Because we have a God who's able to do beyond our wildest dreams. I want to encourage you and me. Do not limit your dreams to your abilities. Do not limit your dreams to your resources. Dream according to God's ability. And what God is able to do through you. Amen. Don't let your circumstances determine your destination. Your destination must be defined by the dream God has put inside of you. Amen. Because God works in you. Not limited by the circumstances around you. But according to His power being released through you. Dare to have faith in God. Dare to believe in a God. Who can make all things happen. The second important key that you and I must keep in mind as we pursue the dreams God has put inside of us. Is endurance. Endurance. Joseph was a young boy when God gave him his dreams for his life. And Joseph was so excited. He went and told his parents and he told his brothers. This is what I'm going to become in life. This is what's going to happen to me. This is my future. This is my destiny. It didn't sit too well with his brothers. They quickly packed him off. Sent him off as a slave and lied to the parents that Joseph had died. And for the next 13 years, Joseph had to keep dreaming, but he had to dream alone. And sometimes it's good to dream alone. Because aloneness keeps you safe. From the stain of wrong influence. Aloneness can preserve a God-given dream. Aloneness keeps you secure. From discouragements. Of those who do not understand your dream. So sometimes you need to dream alone. In life. Because those around you. Do not understand it. And you're better off. Without their wrong influence. Dreams require endurance to be fulfilled. Caleb was one of the two people. One of the twelve people rather. Who were sent in to the promised land. To just survey the land. And come back with an assessment of the land. He and Joshua and ten others went in. They looked at the land. That God said I'm going to give this to my people. They surveyed the land. And Joseph walked upon this. uh, Caleb walked upon this mountain. And he said, wow, this is a beautiful mountain. And God spoke to Caleb and said, Caleb, this is for you. It's for you. So Caleb went back along with Joshua and the other spies. They went back to Moses and said, Moses, the land's beautiful. It's exactly the way God said. And Caleb said, I also saw the mountain that God said he's going to give me. I'm ready. Let's go. 
What he didn't realize was he had to wait 40 years. And not because of his own own doing. But there's a whole nation that was not ready to go into the land. And can you imagine for 40 years he carried a word inside him. God had said, Caleb, this mountain is yours. For For 40 years walking through the wilderness, he was carrying a dream inside him. One day, I will stand again on that mountain. But I have to go through what I'm going through, not necessarily because of my are doing, but because of the things that are around me. Every task has an unpleasant side to it. Sometimes the unpleasantness is because of the others involved. But it is in those moments that you must develop the spirit of a finisher. You must dare to be a champion, and champions never quit. You carry inside you the spirit of a finisher. I began with this dream. I was so inspired by God. It is a God-given dream. And just because it takes a little longer than I expected, I will not quit. I carry within me the spirit of a finisher. You need to carry in you the spirit of a finisher. Because that's what it requires to be a true champion in God. That's what it takes to see dreams fulfilled. The willingness to endure the course. To go through whatever it takes to see that dream come to pass. Picture your future reward for your present endurance. The Bible tells us that through faith and endurance we inherit the promises. Sometimes we think that You know, faith is this automatic button. You press it and out comes the answer to your prayer. Or out comes the promise fulfilled. But the Bible always teaches faith is coupled with endurance. In order to see the promise fulfilled. Have endurance as you pursue your dream. Your willingness to battle for your dream. Is what qualifies you for its fulfillment. If you have a dream that you're not willing to fight for, it probably is not worth anything. But your willingness to battle for your dream is what qualifies you for its achievement. So fight for your dream. It may be a long battle. It may be an intense battle. It may be a lonely battle. But fight. If it is a dream that's worth fighting for, fight for it. God has designed you to fulfill dreams. And there are dreams inside of you. Maybe you need to just reawaken it because you let it go. This is the morning to do that. The good news is this, before I close, that God wants to partner with you to see those dreams fulfilled. He didn't design you so fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously and skillfully and said, okay, boy, you're on your own. No, he wants to partner with you. He wants to partner with me to see those dreams come to pass. One right decision can create a change in your life. And the right decision is saying yes to God. Yes, God, I will partner with you. 
I will go with you in this journey through life. The God who designed you also knows how to take you into your destiny. The God who designed you also knows how to release those dreams and see them fulfilled. It's a wise thing to do, to partner with God in this journey through life. Because He designed you. So that single most important decision that you and I need to make is to say yes to partnership with God and say yes to God as we journey through life. I just want to encourage you this morning, dare to dream again. We're going to take a few moments to pray and I'd just like to call the worship team up as we get ready just to worship God together for a few more minutes. This morning, before we leave this place, we're going to allow God to reawaken some dead dreams. To rekindle the real potential that's inside of you. To revive what may have long been dead and buried and gone. But it's going to take some faith on your part and mine. To say yes to God. In spite of everything that you and I have gone through. In spite of all the challenges. In spite of all the difficulties. In spite of all the delays. In spite of all the denials. In spite of all the discouragements. I want you to have faith this morning and say yes to God. Because there is a God in heaven. Who is able to do above all that we can ask or think. And beyond our wildest dreams. Could we please stand for a moment in the presence of the Lord this morning. And as the worship team just plays for us very softly. As you stand before God, this is a moment between God and you. You will never possess anything that you're unwilling to pursue. Would you this morning determine to pursue your God-given dream? That which was inside you, but for some reason you let it go. This is a morning, this is a moment where it could come alive. This is a moment between you and God. As you stand before God to say yes. Yes, O oh God. Reawaken the dreams you placed in me. It's not for me to figure out how, when, but it's for me to believe. Standing here this morning, this very moment, I just encourage everyone here this morning. Take a moment to pray before the Lord and say yes. What are those dreams that are being revived? Let the Spirit of God do it. Let God do it in your heart. When you talk to God about those dreams and say, God, you know, I really believe this is what I was designed to do. Every fiber of my being tells me this is what I should be doing. 
Thank you that I have been made fearfully, wonderfully, marvelously and skillfully, God. I've been designed for a purpose. Lord, I believe this is my purpose. And this morning, with your help, I'm willing to pursue. Would you pray a prayer like that in your own words and out of your own heart? Would you just cry out to the God who created you? The God who knows you and he knows why he made you. Would you connect with him this morning with just a prayer from your own heart and say, Yes, Lord, I'm ready. To pursue what you've designed me for. Take this time please. Between you and God. Just to pray. Father we just thank you. That you're the God who makes all things new. Thank you God that you're the God of new beginnings. And Father this very moment as we stand in your awesome presence. We are asking you for new beginnings in our lives. Never mind the past. Never mind our failures. Never mind our mistakes. Never mind our struggles. Never mind our disappointments. Never mind our delays. Never mind the detours. Lord, we are asking for a new beginning in our lives. For a new beginning, Lord, in our jobs, in our careers, in our dreams, in our visions, in our ministries, oh Lord. We are asking for a new beginning. For a new beginning, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, revive dreams, revive dreams, make all things new in our lives. So God, this morning, make all things new this morning. We're asking you for a new beginning. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.